Good morning. We are live on the Falcons podcast. We're just a shade late on this Wednesday morning, trying to let Nick sleep in just a little bit to see if he can join us today. Uh, he said 9.15, and we will see if he can make 9.15 great. He has a two-week-old baby at the house, so we're going to cut him just a little bit of slack. So welcome in, everybody. My name is Scott Kennedy. I am in Atlanta. Nick is in Seattle when he joins us, if he joins us, so he gets up nice and early anyway. Uh, this is the Falcons podcast, like I said, and it has been popping lately. So thanks to all of you who have tuned in, and we appreciate the support for the show it's getting interesting, isn't it, y'all? Um, on Monday, we talked about the the candidates that the Falcons had hired or had interviewed, requested interviews for, and there were some guys in there that you know were interesting. Then I say that you know almost in air quotes, but it feels like the rubber's starting to hit the road now. Uh, you bring in Jim Harbaugh yesterday. You bring in Bill Belichick on Monday, and I know there's some angst about Bill Belichick, and I I get it. I, trust me, I do. Uh, but it's still, that's still a name that, you know, raises your eyebrows. It's going to get a reaction, kind of that loved, hated, but never ignored type of thing. Um, do I particularly want Bill Belichick? We'll get into that. Um, we go live on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays because we like having the commentary in here and we like having interaction with, with y'all. That's why we go live. So I want to say hello to some folks that have come in nice and early and, and gotten started. I set this chat up early before we came on. So before we even came in here, John Harrell's here. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick and the Falcons family. Cold in the South, 12 degrees when I got up this morning in Atlanta, 12 degrees. That's chilly. That's that's chilly anywhere. That's really chilly down here. Uh, baseball tryouts going on for the spring. I hope uh, the, the uh, my my son was able to be outside on Monday and then do indoors on Tuesday. I don't think everybody was so lucky, but it's field might be a little frozen today. So John says, uh, where are y'all leaning on the coaching search? Ugh, I don't know. I'm actually a little surprised they got Harbaugh in for an interview. Um, that was one that you didn't have to request permission for. So, uh, you didn't have to do that with Bill Belichick. So those weren't announced that they had interview requests in for those guys. It was just announced once they had made the interviews. Uh, no real word on how those have gone just yet. We will we'll keep an ear out. Tampa Bay fan in here. Bucks, Rays, Bolts coming. He says, hey, everyone. Good to see you. Red Swarm. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to y'all. John Harrell says, what do y'all think will happen with Ryan Nielsen? That's a really good question. Um, Ryan Nielsen did a fantastic job with the Falcons defense. Yeah, they had their problems. Uh, but you look at the overall body of work from one year to the next year, you about doubled your sacks. You, you're hovering around top 10 in, in points against and yardage for most of the season, despite having a couple of, of hiccups. He did a great job. I'm a little surprised we haven't heard more about him being interviewed for the potential head coaching spot. Um, and I guess it, it kind of depends on who comes in. Um, you know, starting to connect the dots, the, the, uh, the Falcons have interviewed two Baltimore Ravens coaches. Now, one of them is McDonald, who is a defensive coordinator. So if Harbaugh were to come in, he wouldn't bring in McDonald in a lateral move for the defensive coordinator position. However, uh, they interviewed the uh, the one of the defensive position coaches, Anthony Weaver, I believe was his name. Uh, that could be a guy you bring in when you start building staffs. Um, so you wonder, Ryan Nielsen is a guy that any coach would be lucky to have. The, the coaches and players respect him. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, he certainly built a good enough resume that Ryan Nielsen, at worst, will be a defensive coordinator for another team next year. I don't think he's going to have to take a step back, especially when you look at at least eight openings right now. If you've got eight defensive coordinators changing positions as well, you think he won't get one of those spots? He'll get one of those spots. Uh, Mark Schrader coming in. Let us know that this weather was coming in early. He's over in Texas. Uh, so I hope you were doing well. He's bringing a super chat. As a uh, a reminder, the, the super chats and stars on Facebook are the most direct way to support the show like Mark just did. I want to say thank you, Mark. Appreciate you doing that. It always means a lot. You've been with us from the very beginning. Uh, Broncos guy who comes over here and, and watches Nick and I on Falcons, so that means a lot. Mike's been busy this morning. I'm going to highlight this one first because, well, it's flashing color at me, so I'm seeing it. Uh, Mike Harvey coming in with a, a green super chat. He says, yeah, the Falcons interviewed Bill Belichick, but we're not going to get him. The Falcons are going to end up with Raheem Morris. Anyone remember Marion Campbell? Yes, I grew up in the 80s. We're probably fairly close to the same age because you're speaking my language. 
not going to get anybody. This team stinks. Uh, any draft pick's going to be a bust. I get it. I, I'm the dad that watches sports by myself, you know, out in the outfield because I'm, I'm negative. And by God, I was born in Cleveland and raised in Georgia, for God's sakes. I moved down here when I was five. I've earned the right to be a cynical SOB watching, you know, having the Cleveland born in my blood and then raised in Atlanta. And you know, my first memories of the Atlanta Falcons were them blowing the season. They blew a 14 point lead to the Dallas Cowboys in 1980. So it's been a long time coming. Uh, the Falcons were not going to get him. And one of the things I want to ask Nick, because I've got some thoughts on this too. If they don't get Bill Belichick and he's interviewing, he's obviously interested uh, where's the biggest competition? Because right now I feel like the biggest competition for Bill Belichick are two teams that don't have openings yet, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. So if the Dallas Cowboys make a move and move on from Mike McCarthy, I think Belichick becomes, oh, good timing. He must have heard his name. Nick is joining us right now. Um, Nick, we're talking about Bill Belichick, and if he doesn't end up with the Atlanta Falcons – where would he end up? What do you think would be the the number one option for him? Because I think the number one option for him might be two teams that don't have openings yet, which would be, uh, and just give me a thumbs up when you're ready. I see you. You're getting going. <laughs> Good morning, Nick. How are you? Ah, doing pretty well. Had a probably what will be a classic case of uh, helping with feeding. All right, I'll change the diaper and you soil yourself immediately. All right, we're back at it. So, uh, <laughs> They were not lying about how many diapers you go through, man. It's unbelievable, but good for him. Almost yeah, jealous. I start feeling um, bad for the environment, but I'm not doing re I'm not doing replaceable diapers for God's sakes. I am, you know, classic millennial, specifically, you know, a Pacific Northwest guy, and uh, we actually kind of weighed the pros and cons, and like, given how much water you have to use, and like the like <laughs> level of like back and forth, it's actually pretty environment environmentally net neutral. Yeah. to do all of it for yeah. but uh, there's a lot of waste going on yes that's, that's absolutely that's for yeah. sure so but let's say the, the falcon you know they've interviewed bill belichick they've interviewed harbaugh we're on belichick right now yes if if belichick where do you think he's the favorite to go right now if not the falcons because i think the falcons are in i do think the falcons mm -hmm. are in this absolutely and and uh mike harvey says you remember marion campbell i got another name for you mike you remember bill parcells do you remember Bill Parcells using the Falcons not once but twice to go and get a better job? I don't see that this is happening with Bill Belichick. The Atlanta Falcons are a much, much better franchise than they were when they were looking at Bill Parcells. Mm -hmm. um, money, facilities, roster, uh, you know, all of that stuff that I think they're in it for Belichick. I really do. I do too. And especially, I mean, Arthur Blank is pulling out the stops. We've known that he's been somebody who's been going for it and been aggressive now here for the last three, four seasons. Uh, he definitely is trying to hunt when the, uh, let's be real. I mean, he's an older guy. Uh, how much time does he have left? So uh, they're definitely going for it there. And I think he'd be giving, willing to give those veteran coaches like a Bill Belichick pretty much what they want. I don't know what it means for a guy like Terry Fontenot, really, um, in the end, because if you're bringing a Bill Belichick, you're giving him final say like Terry is definitely demoted in that regard uh but I mean it is Bill Belichick after all I know that he definitely you know kind of swamped things at the end with the offense specifically in New England but you know, sometimes things get stale and you have to get a fresh start so I wouldn't be against it the teams that might be interested uh in him obviously we've talked about the Cowboys a bit I still feel like the commanders would make sense too uh they have the opening right now a lot of money on that team as well uh and really I mean good position. The one thing that makes me think maybe the commanders wouldn't do it is they kind of mistimed or not mistimed, but misaligned their hiring. They already brought in Adam Peters. Are you going to bring in Bill Belichick after bringing in new general manager, Adam Peters, who's been considered a up and coming front office personnel superstar for a number of years. Um, so probably doesn't happen with Bill. Maybe, Belichick. maybe, maybe, maybe. I just, I think, think that Bill Belichick is self-aware enough to realize, listen, I didn't do a great job building this team. Let's let me pair with somebody else that can do it because I don't want I don't want Bill Belichick. I, I'm he's not my first choice Falcons fan mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. He's probably yeah. fifth or sixth to be honest with you. But if it's a possibility, let's talk about it. And yeah. do you think that he would have learned his lesson a little bit? I don't mind Bill Belichick the coach. Uh, obviously, the resume is good. 
and people talk about Brady, this Brady, that. okay, I, I get it. You still have to build a team. You can't just be the quarterback. Um, despite the fact that it's gone down, has gone down without Brady. I blame that more on Bill, Bill, the, the general manager than I do the coach. Look at that defense this year. Um, yeah. you know, he, he can still coach football. Can he pick players though? That's the, that's the big question. So I think he might be willing to come in, but again, we'll, we'll see. I'd be surprised if he'd be willing to come in and give up the personnel power to somebody else without having final say, just because coaches and hubris are, you know, like milk and cookies, right? They obviously go together and, uh, or new diaper and just immediately soiling yourself. Uh, so that's uh, something that I think, uh, I can't imagine Bill Belichick, you know, letting a true general manager call the shots in the personnel department over him. Also, I think Adam Peters, I don't know if he'd want to bring in a Bill Belichick because now that they've made the GM hire first, it's probably going to be a dynamic there in uh, Washington where the GM is really the guy calling the shot and the head coach is kind of under him given the order that these were hired. And unless you are 80 year old, Arthur blank, unless you are God, how old is Jerry Jones? Yes. He's the crypt keeper is all I know. I you know but you know what I'm saying? You see where I'm going yeah. here. You think, okay, I've got a couple of years in, in this window to try and, and do something. Those are the only teams that really should be looking at Bill Belichick mm-hmm. is thinking that I, I'm, I'm one step away from doing some real damage. And frankly, you look at the Atlanta Falcons and you look at the teams in the playoffs, the Falcons went three and oh, I guess I'm not, I, don't, I haven't looked at it, but I know they beat three teams that were still in the playoffs. And I know they lost to all three teams. They played in the top four of the draft. This team has potential. Again, they could attract a good coach, but I, I feel like anybody other than an Arthur blank or a Jerry Jones. And frankly, there's not many young owners out there. Let's be serious. But it would take one of those type of guys to say, yeah, Bill Belichick's the guy to come in here and get us something in the next two, three years, and then we'll worry about it. Otherwise, I feel like everybody's going to want young coach, young quarterback. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's in vogue right now. I think that the the success that D'Amico Ryans is having right now, uh, you don't have to just have the offensive guy uh, there still. It can be, or even, I mean, Harbaugh special teams, which is wild still. Uh, but it doesn't just have to be the young offensive guy. It just has to be a guy who's an innovator and can communicate, especially with the the lines change in terms of the personality in these locker rooms. We've gone from millennial to Gen Z in those locker rooms. And I does the does the old ball coach uh, style of Bill Belichick hold true, or is it something that you know? will kind of fall falter rather quickly now that the the players are different uh, nowadays, just the personality types. So it's going to be really, really interesting to follow. I mean, it seems like given, you know, the Belichick and Harbaugh stuff that Arthur Blank is going for that more established guy and not a, a less risk, probably less ceiling, as crazy as that is to say about a Bill Belichick and Harbaugh team, but uh, definitely a high, high floor. So We'll see. Um, you mentioned two teams at Belichick. I mentioned the Commanders. You said there's another team that didn't have an opening yet. Are you talking about Pittsburgh for him, or is that? Philly. I know we obviously talk about Philly. Nick Sirianni is getting some questions on there, and yeah. I'm watching a good conversation between Anthony Evans uh, and Jabo on on Facebook, and this is this is happening here this morning. Uh, but Ryan is Michael Rothstein, ESPN Falcons reporter, can confirm via the Bruce Feldman report that the Falcons DC Ryan Nielsen is now being allowed permission to interview for the open Jaguars defensive coordinator spot. So in order to be interviewed for a lateral position, you have to be granted permission from the team. The Atlanta Falcons have granted Ryan Nielsen permission to interview for a lateral move. Interesting. And that started this morning. That is very interesting. I wonder how close we are to uh, timing-wise of a higher coming here. Obviously, you have a bunch of guys that you're waiting on still in the playoffs. And you mentioned the Falcons beating all these playoff teams. Broncos are similar in that way, right? They beat the Chiefs, they beat the Bills, they beat the Packers. But we both got absolutely pantsed by one playoff team still in it, the Lions. Oh, my God. That was ugly for both of us. Part of that with the Falcons was home versus road. Uh, all the, the, the road, the, the, all the losses, except the commanders were road losses and all the wins were home wins. So mm-hmm. nice job, uh, Falcons fans building that big, uh, that big home field advantage. Oblivion empire. Good to see you is what's good. Scott and Nick, um, Marco, some good words for us by far the best show. Honest and smart, no sugar coating, just facts. Well, and 
lots of opinion and prognostication and we miss. Um, if we get a fact wrong, we try and correct that though. Uh, Mike, like I said, Mike was busy early and uh, he was talking about Raheem Morris. Um, Raheem Morris's head coaching record is 21 and 38 in three seasons. That was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I, I like the idea of Raheem Morris. I do. Why? Look at his record. Guys, he was 33 years old when he took that job. He was a brash, cocky kid. And he elevated that team in the second year and got brasher and cockier and then crash and burn in the third year. That was 15 years ago. He's 47 years old. He's I'm a little older than him, but by God, I remember me at 33 taking on higher responsibilities, and I would be much, much better at that now. I might not be able to work 18-hour days anymore uh, or really want to anymore, but I remember it's Raheem Morris was humbled. He did a really good job because he, he was such an ass in Tampa Bay. And then he ends up on the Falcons coaching staff and worked really did a really, really good job. And yeah. he's been really, really good since then. I think the maturity is a big step and a big thing in his favor. I wouldn't mind Raheem Morris at all as a head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And that's that's why he's a good coach and he's matured in the last 15 years. Wow. Since he was a brash, cocky kid with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Still a brash, cocky kid over here, I guess, Scott. I'm rocking the 31, although I feel like I've aged probably 10 years in the last two weeks. But We all I, think that when we're in the moment, and then we look back and just shake our heads. I mean, think <laughs> of yourself at 19 and go, oh, my God, I was a moron. Yeah, I I, I can look back last week and think I was a moron. But <laughs> I digress. Uh, the Raheem Morris stuff, one thing, the aspect about a lot of these coaching staffs that we don't get into enough is – who can you bring in around yourself as the head coach? Can you bring in a good staff? Uh, and it needs to be a staff that you have some familiarity with. It can't just go out and be plucking these guys who are like, okay, good name, never worked with him before. That can crash and burn because when you deal with adversity and you don't have trust of your coaching staff, you can kind of go into a shell and start pointing fingers and things can devolve quickly in that regard. I'd look no further than Carolina. I mean, looking at the names there, it's like, oh, this is a pretty good staff. Guys never had worked before with each other, and it sounded like it was pretty chippy and ugly uh, in a lot of those uh, those rooms there. So the point being, Raheem Morris has been around. He's had a lot of different connections, and now you have that McVeigh tree, Shanahan tree as well, where he can come in and you know do different stuff on defense uh, because he went to Los Angeles after Brandon Staley, and McVeigh wanted to run still more of that Fangio system, but Morris is more of the cover three kind of guy, so he worked a way to merge the systems we kind of saw that in Denver this year work terribly, but Morris got it done, so that's really impressive to me. And also now you've had him working with multiple offensive staffs on the other side. I think he probably could get a pretty good offensive staff out there. Uh, he definitely feels like a fallback for them compared to the you know the show that's going on right now in Atlanta with Bill Belichick and Harbaugh. They seem like I think you are going to walk away with one of those two guys, honestly. Uh, but uh, Morris would not be a consolation prize, and I think he could bring in a good staff around him. I kind of worry about the Belichick side of things in terms of building a staff. He's had guys come through, but on the offensive side, I mean, Matt Patricia, offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. I mean, he brings, in, brings Josh McDaniels back for a year. Doesn't he? He's been okay. I guess that I guess it probably would be McDaniels. Who's been okay at OC. Uh, but it's a, uh, who's going to want to come in and play. Are you going to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo? Then I It's going to be going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, Edward Brown says, now listen, y'all, because we, the numbers start to go up higher and higher. And as soon as we talk about one of these guys that are, like I said, we talk Belichick. I don't want Belichick. I don't want Belichick either, comparatively speaking. Like I said, he'd probably be my fifth or sixth choice. Raheem Morris wouldn't be in my top three, but I can see the positives. It's a, it's a serious possibility. And I wouldn't look at it and go, oh my God, what are you doing? This is a disaster. Raheem Morris, I advocated for him. Well, the Broncos have been looking for head coaches, you know, every year since I started doing this. Hey, hey, uh, <laughs> not this year. But I advocated for Raheem Morris with when uh, when the the last coaching cycle. Uh, is he my number one choice? No, he's not. Edward Brown hits on everybody's number one choice. Is the problem? He's everybody's number one choice. Edward Brown coming in with a super chat. I would love to see the pairing of Detroit Lions Ben Johnson. 
and Justin Fields. Seeing him twice a year, I think he could design a playbook to play to his strengths. I, ben Johnson, I think, is pretty much everybody's number one choice right now. So you start thinking, you know, and, and if he's not, he's in the top three. So the competition for Ben Johnson is going to be high. He's my number one choice. Like, no mistake about it. We'll talk Raheem Morris. We'll talk Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh. Ben Johnson would be my number one choice. Harbaugh would probably be number two, and it would be close uh, for one of those guys. I Ben Johnson would be awesome. I'm. He does seem like the most sought-after guy. I don't know about the pairing of Justin Fields with Ben Johnson just because who we've seen work with Ben Johnson has been Jared Goff. And Justin Fields and Jared Goff are on opposite ends of the spectrum of the quarterback play. Goff is one of the best, but very defined pocket oriented quarterbacks, you know, under pressure, he's terrible, terrible. But when you keep him clean and run that pure drop back stuff, uh, he has been pretty awesome. I think he went like 22 for 22 and non-pressure drop backs against the Rams. So sorry, Raheem Morris, that secondary is not good. Uh, I don't know much more you can do about that, but uh, the, I don't know if Justin Fields is a, fit uh for ben johnson that doesn't mean he isn't it's just he's very opposite of what we've seen work with uh jared goff out there way more on time in pocket get the ball out work those reads uh but other than the quarterback spot uh, i think it'd be a really good fit because he got the offensive line building blocks here in atlanta maybe even go at it again in the draft and um you do need probably another weapon still out there to make it work uh to make it run but uh i, I think you know whether it be Probably, I mean, you have to have another wide receiver, God. Um, but because uh, they had, I mean, the offense really took off once they added uh, Jamison Williams. Is that yeah, Jamison came back from being his? He yes. was he was an injury concern, so they got him for. Well, he was out because of gambling. He oh, gambled. Was, he I, I thought he was. Maybe I'm thinking of Mechie. I thought Williamson had injury concerns too. Was I Mechie. Know Mechie did. Yeah, no, um, Williamson was out half the year because he was suspended for gambling. Um, but uh, that's a uh, Ben Johnson would be awesome. I don't know about the Fields pairing with Ben Johnson. I think that he would be good enough. I, I just that he could make things work, you know, figure, figure, figure it out, you know, play yeah. to your strengths. And yes, the Falcons need more wide receivers. Um, they've got one wide receiver under contract for 2024. So they will be in on a wide receiver. Um, what do you think right now it would cost to get Justin Fields? Probably a two and a three. I know that. Oops, I don't know who it was. Maybe uh Mike, or gosh, was it Mel Kuyper mentioned like the, the eighth overall pick or something going for him? I, if maybe pick 30, you could see you going for Justin Fields, but you have one year of control left. I just one year of control with the no, two he's years. Got, no, he's got he's he's in yeah. uh, it's his class. You have two years, yep. two years, his control. second year jumps up to 20 million, and you might not even take that. You might, you know, approach him with a contract. You don't make that trade unless you do, unless you exercise his fifth year the same way that dumbass Panthers did. Sorry, Panthers fans, with Sam Darnold. Yeah. You know, you traded for this guy who's been terrible. Fields is Fields has been better in Chicago than Sam Darnold was in New York, and they still traded a second for him and then exercised his fifth year option and then benched him. Yeah. I <laughs> you could see the fifth year option, but I was saying if you're not exercising it, it could be a contract extension right. where you're lowering right. those caps. You've got control paper. for two years at least. Yes. Uh so that's that's definitely a possibility. Again, Justin Fields would be great. I think you guys are very much in the uh, Jaden Daniels uh, field of play as well. And also, if you're bringing in Harbaugh, how, who would be shocked if they brought in J.J. McCarthy, right? I think that it's a little bit of a concern there uh, with his lack of dropback passes. But I said it on uh, the show I'd last start night. giving anybody Spurrier and Warfel vibes when he came mm-hmm. in. <laughs> McCarthy's a better pro, pro, pro prospect than Danny Warfel was. Warfel was yeah. one of the best college football players I ever saw. But he he just wasn't a translatable arm. You. Warfel could go back and drop the thing in a bucket and just have guys run under it all the time. He was amazing at Florida. Yeah. But he didn't have the arm for the next level. We have talked about on on here before, but like there's been a lot of rumblings that, you know, maybe it isn't a match made in paradise for Kirk Cousins going back to the Vikings. If he's available, you get him in with a Ben Johnson type. I mean, that's uh, that fits pretty darn well, in my opinion, especially because they'd have some familiarity with what each other do uh, playing in that same division. But I digress. It would be interesting to see. We'll see. Uh, I do think right now, based on what we're hearing from Arthur Blank and the relationships and just what he's uh, considered around the league, uh, that Bill, Bel- I would say the two favorites for your position are Harbaugh and Belichick going for that veteran superstar coach and trying to go in with a bang in that next you know, three to four years uh, and really get it done. Man, uh, I, I have 
really mixed feelings and mostly leaning towards the negative side of things if it was Bill Belichick. I mean, how do you turn your nose up at a coach? You know, I, I try and preach some levity all the time, some balance among, you know, Falcons fans and expectations because we're fans or it's fanatical and it's a very emotional thing. And there's a lot of people out there that, you know, are just absolutely dead against. I'm like, okay, let's, let's look at the positives here. I mean, the positives, the guy has six Super Bowl rings. Okay. The negatives are he's 72 years old. Uh, he's coming off three losing seasons. He's, he's basically run that team into the ground as a general manager. That doesn't get me excited. That's, that's not really what I'm interested in. When I say fifth or sixth down the line, it may be farther than that. The good news is, I guess, y'all, if it fails spectacularly, you're in line to get your quarterback in the next two years in the draft. And that if that's what it takes to get him, as long as you don't, you know, give up a first to you know, <laughs> it turns into a third overall or a two overall next year. If I had him, if I he's gonna try and get a veteran quarterback. But by God, I wouldn't give up a next year's first round draft pick. No way in hell, man. No way you're getting my 2025 or 2026 draft pick, unless it's for a young quarterback this year. If I'm bringing in Bill Belichick, no way. Yeah, I can't. I'd have to disagree to a certain extent, Scott, just because I'm such a big Drake May fan that, and I can't imagine you getting the ability to get him. But no, let's no, say no. That, that, that's getting your young oh. quarterback. I'm okay, saying yeah. like, like it takes me a first. It's going to take me first to get a veteran quarterback because I'm taking my shot with Bill Belichick right now. If I'm mm. getting my quarterback, if I can get one of these top three quarterbacks, so be it. I'm just yeah. saying, if I'm getting Bill Belichick, that is a win-now move. That's a win-now move. And if it fails, it's going to fail spectacularly. I don't want to give up a top three pick in 2025 or 2026 for a stopgap quarterback. That's what I mean by that, by a stopgap. Now, if I can get... I can get one of my young quarterbacks, but if I'm going for my young quarterback, why am I going for Bill Belichick? Yeah, I mean, just because the hit that you'd have on defense immediately with him, uh, he's still great, one of the best uh, defensive minds in football, and uh, you could hopefully bring in somebody that could run more of the offensive side. Maybe he's learned something or something to be different after the how spectacularly it's blown up on the offensive side of the ball there in New England. Uh, Definitely will be interesting to see. We got Keith Johnson, superstar. I don't know if we said hello yet, but Keith, thank no, you so we much. For... That's why he's still up there in red. So thank you, Keith, for the support, my friend. Yeah, thank you for the dirty diaper fund. Uh, we appreciate you. As far <laughs> as uh, trading for veterans, I think that if I could get a chance to get Dak, I know maybe I'm higher on him than anybody else. I don't know. Uh, but if I could get a chance to get Dak Prescott in here, I would consider that. I'd be. It'd be pretty damn hard to fail so spectacularly with Dak Prescott and the defensive pieces and the offensive pieces you have here to give up a third overall pick things happen. Uh, but I think that he'd be interesting. I'm also curious to see what happens with the future of uh, Jalen hurts. Also with the uh, things blowing up in Philly seems like hurts has been really struggling. Maybe. I mean, they did the same thing with freaking Wentz. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, okay guys, you don't like Dak Prescott. I, I feel like he's been a top four quarterback in the NFL this season in top eight, it's like a Broncos fans like, oh, we don't want to take Dak. We want to take a franchise quarterback at 12 who can be top 10. It's like the mystery box conversation. There's a quarterback right here who's franchise in top 10. He's yeah. blown up in the big game situations. But is that the Dallas stuff going on? I mean, he's not the one Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn? Yeah, God. Um, I just, I mean, the, the interceptions are bad, but you're already down like 14 to zero when those start to happen. So I don't know, man. Dak was in, been incredible the last two seasons, especially as a pocket quarterback. Uh, but I don't know. Um, I probably would take that shot on him at, let's say you give up, what is it, eight or nine? I can't even remember what you if have. If you were willing to give $200 million and three first-round draft picks for Deshaun Watson, who was four and 12, you know, then yeah, I'm not giving up that much for Dak Prescott, but he, he'd no. be expensive. He's got a he's got a $60 million dead cap next year with void years, which I just hate. We'll see. We'll, that stays we'll see, the Cowboys, if, though. With the Cowboys, yeah. I'm just saying oh. the Cowboys would have to – take it on the chin in order to move on from him too is part yeah. of it. Um, I just, I don't know. It, I'm a little surprised we haven't heard anything out of Dallas yet. Um, yeah. We've had 48 hours. Uh, today's day three of the Mike McCarthy watch. I'm a little surprised there. Ryan Adonis says Joe Brady at anyone. And Chris Walker says another guy. Morning, Scott, any chance we interview much less hire Todd Monken. And y'all, 
what are we at? 12 names now with the addition of Belichick and Harbaugh and Monken and, um, you know, some names that are missing. Monken, Brady, the enemy. I don't think I've seen the enemy's name anywhere yet. Um, and we've talked about that as well. That um, I don't know that these guys are, I mean, you'd think with a pool of 12, that the head coach is going to come out of that pool. One of those guys is a Giro Evero. Now, I don't want a Giro Evero or Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris was a Giro Evero's boss. We talk about trees. Evero mm-hmm. was a position coach under Raheem Morris. Would you rather have 47-year-old Raheem Morris or would you have the, rather have the younger Giro Evero? Because you're interviewing. I don't think you've gotten the interview with Raheem Morris, if I'm not mistaken. That hasn't happened yet. But they've requested the interview. You know, would you rather have those guys? So could go back to Nick. Nick saying, I think it's either Harbaugh or Belichick. I I think if you had the choice, Falcons fans, it would probably be 95% in favor of Harbaugh with a margin of error of 5%. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be almost unanimous. And with Harbaugh, what we see in the NFL, you could take that, you know, very aggressive uh athlete at quarterback maybe it's again you know does ben johnson do stuff without jared goff i don't know we haven't had the opportunity to see it um we've seen jim harbaugh in the nfl with colin kaepernick maybe that opens the door for a justin fields pairing and then you take yourself a roma dunze or uh, somebody malik neighbors in the draft to really round out that room or maybe you take Jaden daniels i know another really big dual threat quarterback it could make some sense uh so gonna be interesting to see uh, my swanker says you think max crosby trade could be a possibility uh, he's definitely better than any defensive player prospect in this draft class. You're talking about gearing up and going for it. If he is available, I'm picking up the phone. He's one of the top five to six edge rushers in football right now. If we went through the names, um, you know, Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa are probably in their own bracket. Then you have Max Crosby, TJ Watt. It's right there. Uh, so uh, if he's available, he, he'd probably be worth, especially if you're gearing up and going for it right now, he'd probably be worth the pick that you have right now. Uh, you lose that cost control, but he is so good. He's a true difference maker at edge. So it'd be, uh, I would be interested in that, but he it is, makes it hard for the quarterback. He is 26 years old. He's so good, man. He's 26 years old. He's been in the league five years and he's just 26. Do you Could remember last a trade year? possibility? Maybe and one of the guys yeah. we haven't talked about they requested an interview for was Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce has to stay in Vegas. He just, he, Mark uh, Davis, man, Mark Davis is <laughs> a, I mean, I, I think the Falcons requesting an interview for my, for Pierce, and I don't think they were the only ones, may have helped seal the deal for Pierce to stay in Vegas. But yes, yeah. would, would he be a, would Max Crosby be a trade possibility? If they commit to a rebuild because he's worth a lot of money and he'd be worth a lot, very similar to, you know, would you move on from Pat Sertan in Denver, 23, 24 years old? Um it would it would signal a rebuild that you're you're willing to buy into that. Um, this is a top five defense with Max Max Crosby at edge. Flat. Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with you. The one the one thing that always blows my mind about Max Crosby, Scott, and we kind of talked about it last year. I wish I could pull up the clip of your face uh, when I said this and you verified it. Uh, the amount of snaps that he plays, ninety percent, ninety six, ninety six percent of the defensive snaps in twenty twenty two, where typically your edge rushers are getting the ones who are starters and great 65 to 75%, 96 for a guy who's that productive is unbelievable. It's not even that productive. It's at that position. Yeah. You know, because the the only guys that stay on the field that long are inside linebackers and defensive backs. No defensive lineman plays that many snaps. None of them. He's a freak. Yeah. Max Crosby. Yes, please. You can have my number eight. And since the Falcons draft number eight every year, you can have my number eight next year too. We'll figure quarterback out if you can give me Max Crosby. Yeah, he's uh, a says, Do you think Terry Fontenot will try and move up to get the number one pick or pursue Justin Fields? I think you're on the phone with the Chicago Bears because they've got both. And you figure out what are you, what are y'all doing? Uh, What are you interested in? And would Justin Fields make this team better? Yes. What would it cost? That's the that's that's the question. I'm not giving up a future number one for for a, a veteran quarterback right now. I'm not. Yeah. Not with we don't know where this team could go. It's the Falcons, y'all. This team went from 14 and two to four and twelve. 
in 98 and 99. I'm not, I'm not giving up a future number one when I don't have a quarterback yet. It's Justin Fields, the guy. I'm not willing to invest my future in Justin Fields. Would I be willing to give up a second for him? Yes. Would I be willing to give up a second and change? Yes. That's not mortgaging my future on him. Trading up to get the number one overall, like the Athletic predicted the Falcons would do with the Bears, that's putting your future on a player. I'm not doing that with Justin Fields. So, again, we, we, we get these binary opinions all the time. And, well, Justin Fields, why would you want him? Because if he's cheap, he's better than what you've got. That's a good thing. If he's not cheap, I've got questions to ask. Mm -hmm. He's not my future. I'm not betting on that. But would I would I trade for Justin Fields if the price was right? Yes, yes, I would. I said the same thing about Trey Lance last year. Would I trade a third for Trey Lance? Yeah, I would. That's low risk to hit yeah. on a quarterback. Send me a second for Fields and a third for, for Lance. Bring them both in. See yeah. who wins the job. It would be great. I I think Fields would be a lot of fun here, of course. You do have issues with turnovers and taking the sacks. Uh, that is something he improved upon. Uh down the stretch until that last game, <laughs> but uh, he'd be real interesting here, no doubt. And kind of, you know, full, full circle. We, you know, that I guess after the fact, I can't remember who I heard it from, but NFL insider uh, had made it known that uh, Arthur Smith was not such a, a Jim or a Justin Fields guy. Uh, so now you bring in somebody who maybe would uh, open that for the Falcons Falcons. Also, I mean, you are in position where you could take a rookie quarterback, but everything Arthur blank, if it is a bill Belichick, if it is a Jim Harbaugh, are you really going that, you know, rookie quarterback route? Or is this a team that we talk again? I keep coming back. If he's healthy, I think Kirk Cousins would be awesome here. I maybe I'm I don't know. Am I standing up for the quarterbacks who people like to, to poop on that? I'm like, this guy's actually pretty good. Uh, maybe the Matt Stafford stuff has invigorated me to be like, go back and be like, what is the common narrative here? Well, actually, I'm not buying it. Uh, so Cousins pretty good. Maybe a Russell Wilson as well. I see Keith coming in here saying Russell Wilson on a one year prove a deal. You can pair a Russell Wilson with a. Talk about some weird bird type of folks. Russell Wilson, Jim Harbaugh, and J.J. McCarthy in that quarterback room. I don't know if we can handle uh, that much oddness uh, from the from one spot, but uh, that could be a really good uh, pathway where you got Russell Wilson for a year and then give McCarthy to his age 22 season uh, before he really takes the field. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, but definitely everything screams to the Falcons and Arthur Blank thinking, we got to go for it now. There's an opportunity now. We didn't maximize we, it's time talking about Russell Wilson. We've had some people come in and say, Russell Wilson will never play here because of future. I don't know who future is, but I kind of joked. He might be my neighbor. He is. He, we live in the same neighborhood. I asked my really? wife who he was. Yeah. He lives, <laughs> he, he, he live in the same neighborhood. I think there's a, there's another rapper, Atlanta rapper begins with a Q that lives in my neighborhood named like Quagon or Quatar or Queso or something. He's in, uh, he's in my neighborhood. Usher used to live here in this. It's a big neighborhood. There's like a thousand houses. So, um, but yeah, we're 20 miles North of Atlanta. You know, you can, you can still come here and not ever see each other. Mm -hmm. Keith Brugman asks, good to see you, Keith, uh, with Belichick and Harbaugh interviews in the books, who's your favorite and what do they need to succeed as head coach? Need a quarterback and then fill out the staff. Um, you start looking at needs for the Atlanta Falcons on the other side of the ball. They need a wide receiver, and then on the other side of the ball, they're going to need another corner. Uh, we'll see what uh, Akuda gets. I don't know that he's in the eight-figure range, but he's going to get a raise. He's probably going to be worth – Falcon. The Detroit paid most of his contract last year. Uh, the, the Falcon, he'll, he'll get eight to ten, I would think, on the open market. Um, five to seven. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down from that. Five to seven on a, on a shorter-term deal. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't really – always... You need that edge. Yeah, you do definitely need that edge. Everything starts and stops with the quarterback spot, though, in Atlanta, and uh, will be really interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, gun to my head right now, Scott, just kind of feeling the vibes. I think if the McCarthy uh, is fired in Dallas, that Bill Belichick will end up there. I saw a comment in here from, I don't know, maybe it's Charlie Beagle about how the personalities would work between Jones and Bill Belichick. I guess those two over the last three years, the owner meetings have really, you know, actually become pretty close and have a pretty good relationship there. Now that maybe changes when you're running a football team because uh, obviously adversity and the stressors involved, but apparently those guys are pretty tight um, right now. And that would be an interesting spot 
I think the personalities work great because you got a, a guy who wants to be in front of the microphone all the time and a guy who flat out doesn't. And you had the guy who brought in Bill Parcells, right? And you talk about the, literally just, you know, Bill Parcells 2.0 improved, uh, but would be fun. Harb, uh, we got Michael Latsky coming in here. I always appreciate you. Also, Joe Cannon. Joe Cannon rocking the new pick. Um, shout out to you, Joe. Says, great morning, Scott and Nick. Special congratulations, Nick, on the new baby boy. Yeah, baby Mills. Uh, appreciate you coming in. Jeremy coming in saying, morning, fellas. Dropping a like for the effort. Appreciate you, Jeremy. Really enjoyed talking to Jeremy out there in uh, Denver this year at the Bronco game. So good to see you. Christy Lewis says, good morning with uh, the lowercase ones there going on. We got Chris coming in with the uh, the Oregon Duck picture there waving. Says, I'm worried he's going to drag Bill O'Brien along with him. That's my big concern with uh, Bill Belichick is the offensive staff. It's one reason I'm very concerned about Jared Mayo uh, in New England, too. I mean, he's been just, you know, so what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh it's a little incestual, I guess, there with Jared Gerard Mayo because of how little connections he has. Who is he bringing in? What are the connections in that coaching staff? It is so important. Maybe not as important as in college uh, but because of the recruiting stuff, but really important. So I, I don't know what's going to happen there. John Harrell, $20 coming in. God bless you, John. Thank you so much for the diaper fund. I think uh, I, I think Mayo is going to have plenty because, I mean, he played in the league for so long. He played with so many players, True. and so many of those players are becoming young coaches. He's a defensive guy, though. Who can he bring in on the offensive side? I mean, with D'Amico Ryans, it's like, okay, we got the Shanahan tree. Oh, God bless. We're taking off here. I, who are you picking? Is it going to be, like you said, Bill O'Brien? Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels? Is he want to play? I underneath? can't picture anybody other than Belichick, like someone that would you'd, you'd almost consider a peer, wanting to hire Josh McDaniels. You know, yeah. if we came up together, I mean, they didn't, I don't like you. <laughs> he, was a, he was a coach when... Uh, Jared Mayo was a player. Yeah, right? I just so dynamic. it might even be it might even I just that would be a tough sell. Yeah, um, and Josh McDaniels hasn't done anything of note anywhere mm -hmm. except under. And yes, they were better. Uh, the Patriots were better on offense when Josh McDaniel was there. Um, so John Harrell coming with the support for the show. Appreciate you with that orange super chat. Thank you, my friend. Always a big help. Uh, Rusty Moore has a question: If Arthur Blank is is he making the candidates lay out a plan for quarterback? Absolutely. 100 percent that's the and question. the candidates are asking what are my resources what are you willing to do to get me a quarterback this is who i want these are the guys i think uh, these are the guys i can go win with how are you going to get them this is how i can make desmond ritter better but we're not going to go if and i'd walk in there and i basically say listen I, I can make us better but if we don't get a quarterback what are you willing to do to quarterback? If you don't get me one of these guys that I want to go get in the draft or this, you're having this conversation again in three years. So yeah. it, it goes both ways, Rusty. It, it's uh, I, I don't remember who it was. Uh, may have been Mike early on saying part the uh, the candidates are also interviewing the Falcons. Mm -hmm. You know what? What are my resources? Most of the, a lot of the guys, your your top five candidates are going to have multiple choices to go um you know Ajiro Evero Anthony Weaver um Raheem Morris they might not get an offer some of those some of those guys uh Steve Wilkes he might not get an offer uh Brian Callahan he might but maybe not he might not get an offer Ben Johnson is going to get multiple offers Bobby Slowick is going to get offers Jim Harbaugh is going to get offers so they're mm -hmm. interviewing the Falcons yeah I mean there's a lot of good spots out there and it's also, you know, the financial side of things and the power side of thing out here. Uh, so we'll be interested. I don't think Terry Fontenot has done a bad job by any means, but sometimes, you know, we bring in somebody that's a little bigger horse. Uh, they take a little bit more power. So, yeah, the quarterback spot is probably the the first thing they're talking about here with the Falcons. Uh, we got Jeremy saying, wasn't it reported Bill Belichick was willing to concede some control to stay in New England before the eventual parting? Got to be honest with you, I don't have been following the ebbs and flows of New England this year other than the schadenfreude enjoyment of that team being so bad and the uh, Boston fans suffering a little bit after what they've gone through. Maybe someday they'll come for the Packer fans too. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe um, that could be part of it too. That's definitely... I just, I know I literally just said the first thing they're talking about is the quarterback aspect. But with Bill Belichick, it's probably the what do you want personnel choosing wise are you okay with Fontenot in here uh are you willing to concede some of that power to be more coach than general manager because the general manager aspect has hampered uh the coach aspect there with Belichick really fascinating but I, I couldn't tell you that Jeremy 
And it was, Jeremy, it, it was. It was reported that he was willing to to give up some personnel control to stay in New England. So, like I said, is he – he's an older guy. He's like, listen, I don't want to worry about all that crap anymore. I just want to coach football. Maybe. Very possibly. And he's not worried about his legacy or building, you know, building a new program or anything like that in Atlanta. He wants to come in and he wants to win. What's the best way to do that? Now, he'd be involved for sure. Uh, Ryan says, how would Falcons fans feel right now if they had hired Jared Mayo as head coach? Probably a little upset. You know, for another first-time guy, another defensive guy, probably wouldn't really be uh, all that psyched about it, to be honest with you. Um, let me see here. Um, wow. I don't know what this means. What's doxed mean? Uh, it's when you give up your uh, location. Uh, essentially, you give up your information. So if you're doxed, it's like somebody who's like, you lose your anonymity uh, in the background. So you, now you know where what neighborhood you're in. because People aren't hard to find. You can look up public records real easy. Uh, yep. Real easy. I always um, say that I'm like within a mile of Husky Stadium out here in the Pacific Northwest. And it, it is Husky Quavo. Stadium. Yeah, it is Quavo. Um, there's a big variance of houses. It's I live, in, I live in Country Club of the South. I mean, it's not hard. You know, my where I could be found a public record search for, is, is where I live. And there's like a thousand houses here. There's a wide variance, but... Yeah, there was um, there were some good things here. I married well, y'all. I, I married a Duke grad. Come on, I'm, I married over my head. How else do you think I get to do all this type of stuff? Um, so that's uh, you know, marry over your head. It makes you a better man. So, and I'm old. Hopefully, I've been a homeowner for thirty years. Hopefully, you're exactly. building some equity as you go, guys. <laughs> um, Docs. Yeah, I didn't even know what that meant. Um, there was a question here. Let me see here. As Michael says, and I think this was a concern. Where did you go, Michael? When I said this at the beginning, I hope we're not being used by Belichick and Harbaugh for leverage and they're not coming here. It's possible. It's absolutely possible. You go out and shop offers. Again, I, Michael, I don't think this is as bad as it was with the Bill Par Parcells days. You might not go back that far, but Bill Parcells was offered general manager and head coach. He turned it down. I think that's when he went to the Cowboys, maybe. Then he was offered it again. And he, he, you know, turned it down and it was, oh, he's coming to Atlanta. He's coming to Atlanta. That was, that was a joke. This is legit. This is legit. Now, I'm not saying they're going to get Harbaugh or Belichick, but they're in it. They, they, and, and what, what I said at the top, if they want Belichick, I think the biggest obstacle for Belichick is a team that has a coach would be the Dallas Cowboys right now. Otherwise, I could absolutely see him coming to work for Arthur Blank and the Atlanta Falcons. Is he my choice? No. Let's run it down, Nick. <laughs> ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, Jim Harbaugh. Those would be my top three choices. Bill Belichick's yeah. not in my top three. Bill Belichick, I, I probably would take off uh, Jim Harbaugh there just because – I don't know. I know he's been so good and I was big on him last year, but the more I'm following, I'm a big 10 guy through and through and the big 10 stuff has been kind of odd. And I just worry about it working as well at the NFL level compared to college. He almost has like a cult of personality thing going on in Michigan. I don't know if you can replicate that at the NFL level with guys with contracts. Granted you have Michigan and college guys with contracts essentially now at the NIL stuff, but I just don't know if you can capture that same cult of personality going on there. You have like, coaches and players crying on the sideline and free Jim Harbaugh shirts and stuff. I, I don't know if that's happened at the NFL, uh, but Harbaugh would be good. I just, I still probably would have uh, Mike McDonald out there as well with Baltimore, especially because he has not only Michigan connections now, but the Baltimore stuff, I think he can, could put together a really good staff out there. Um, granted you lose a little bit of your year to year consistency, probably with a defensive guy rather than an offensive guy, uh, unless you get that co quarterback there, but that's, those would be my top three. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, but you interviewed Brian Callahan interviewed, you did interview Steve or requested Steve Wilkes as well. I mm -hmm. believe we talked about Raheem Morris, uh, a lot of good options out there. Harbaugh would be great with the personnel though. Uh, no doubt. And if you're going for, you know, you know, it has a, an end date, right? There's a, a expiration date with the Harbaugh stuff, but with where Arthur blank has kind of been, you know, the Deshaun Watson stuff and now Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh, maybe you're okay with that expiration date. you're thinking, you know, three to five year window anyway. So, it is what it is when it comes to an end. Here, here's what I know about Harbaugh. Harbaugh went and I think he came from San Diego State. So that's a think, not a no. I yeah. know he went to a loss under just a bad Stanford program and turned him into a winner. Turned him into a power where they were you know, bullying people. 
turn him into a winner that sustained after he was gone for a few years. I know he went to San Francisco and went 44 and 19 in four seasons. I know he went to Michigan and just won a national championship for a team that hasn't won an outright national championship. I don't think in my lifetime, at least since my consciousness of 1980 and beyond, the man can coach football and he's done it at both levels. He, I would be very, very happy for Falcons fans if Jim Harbaugh were to come here and then see what kind of staff he would build. Uh, Jacqueline coming in with a super cigar. Thank you, Jackie. Appreciate you uh, supporting the show. It means a lot to us that you would take some time and effort to do that, and I'm, we're glad you're here. And Michael Ranquillo also. Uh, Michael Ranquillo loves coming in here and talking football, and he wants to thank Falcons fans for accepting him. I would like to shout out all the Falcons fans for letting a Broncos fan come and discuss the NFL and NFL draft. Of course, he might be talking about you, Nick. Um, like I said, the longer you end up doing this, the less it becomes about the teams. You, it becomes a profession. I fan with uh, with with international right now, and I'm, I'm still a Braves fan, of course. But I, I fan with uh, I fan with international soccer. That's where that's where I, I fandom. But Michael, I'm a fan of you. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and, and all the stuff that you help do for us. So, and now, like, like Harry says, it's always good to have other fans' perspective. It is. Um, here we go. Here's a question here. The Robot of Doom says, here's a question. Uh, good to see you on YouTube. He's usually on Twitch. Uh, who has interviewed for Seattle? I've heard Diddly Squat. That's a good point. I haven't heard too much about them. It, it seemed to make sense that that's where Dan Quinn was headed, but... Did Dan Quinn wait too long to get a head coaching job? He maybe did. I, apparently the last couple cycles, he's kind of buffaloed the interviews as well, uh, which I heard from the Denver side of things more so, especially two years ago with the Nathaniel Hackett one. Uh, when they hired Hackett, Quinn walked in like he was a shoe in and uh, did not impress uh, in the interview. So I don't know what's going to happen with Seattle. You still have the, it's a weird situation because Pete Carroll is still there, right? So like, can you come in and be in that shadow uh, now that he's going to be an advisory role? Really bizarre, uh, really, really bizarre situation out there uh, in Seattle. It seems like they're leaning towards a defensive guy, uh, which I don't know if that's the best situation for them. Maybe that's a Raheem Morris one. Maybe that's a Steve Wilkes already out there in the NFC West. Uh, but yeah, following the Seattle spot, they are in theory a pretty good team, but it's pretty hard to f fill the shoes of Pete Carroll, who's been one of the best, uh, gosh, five coaches of the last decade. Um, definitely an NFL Hall of Famer in my book, uh, if you're including the USC stuff too. And if you're going to go for guys in their 70s who have won a Super Bowl, I'd rather have Pete Carroll than Bill Belichick. I mean, he's definitely can relate to those guys and had success over multiple iterations of teams where Bill Belichick, I mean, I don't want to say completely, obviously not completely made by Tom Brady, but we haven't seen had the sex success without Tom Brady. Uh, so what does that look like? I, I don't know. I think, I think Pete Carroll's probably done he would have asked for a firing if he wasn't okay staying in seattle and yeah that's right he, that he was uh he was going to be still on staff somehow yeah um but he did want it. he does he, he did fight for his job michael's right so we'll see they could request an interview with him and uh but we will see uh, dan quinn seemed like a logical until another and it wasn't just another playoff loss they got blown the f out it's one of the worst defensive performances in a playoff game I've ever seen in my entire well, since, life. Since the Falcons in 2010. <laughs> I think it, based on the advanced metrics, it was worse. I mean, Jordan Love had a, I guess, quarterback rating was like it was 99. Yeah, it's un, you've never seen that, or QBR even. Which it was, is it was never, yeah, his, court, his quarterback rating, his passer rating was perfect. Yeah. It was like 158.7 or whatever that comes down to. 0.3, I think, maybe, but... Uh, not to get into the decimals, uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, been unbelievable. Uh, they were terrible. And I mean, it's been pretty consistent. Some of his worst uh, games in his career in terms of EPA have been over the last two seasons. So I, I don't know. I would not be hitching my wagon uh, to the Dan Quinn stuff right now, uh, but it's, it's too bad because he seems like a good guy. I know I've definitely been crapping on him a bit while covering the Broncos, just because there's been some folks who have been really pushing him to the point of being biased with the agenda there, in my opinion. But uh that's an entirely different conversation. Uh, Talking about the, the name John Gruden has come up. John Gruden would Gruden would not fly in this city. No way, no how. If uh, yeah. if the if they can't have the All Star game here, John Gruden ain't coaching here. That that's a yeah. promise. Yeah, it would be. Uh, 
I think pretty not pretty, not pretty likely. Um, we'll see what happens there. Belichick has issues with McKay when he's been over the rules committee. I don't know enough about the McKay uh, and the rules committee stuff, but I know Belichick's been a big voice in that for a number of years. So you might know more about the inner workings there with the coaches and owners meetings there, Mike, than uh, than me. Rocking the uh, gosh, is that your own picture, Mike? You kind of look like yeah, it is. You kind of look like a little finger there in that photo from uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> but uh, good to see you, Mike. Hope you have a good week. Uh, Anthony comes in and says, Scott, what are your thoughts on my last two comments? Apologies. It goes pretty fast. Anthony says, I'm watching you guys as a Dolphins fan. There we go. Uh, as a Dolphins fan. So I'm wondering what you guys would rather have experienced coaches like Harbaugh and Belichick or a young whiz kid coach, um, that can build it with your young players and, and GM. Um, uh, Harbaugh would be okay with me. He's, you know, 60. It's like, Oh, well, we don't need an old guy, man. That's not that old. If I get 10 years of good Harbaugh, I'll take it. I'd take it in a heartbeat. These guys can coach into their seventies. Um, just like, Oh, I don't want a 30 year old quarterback. Well, if I get 10 years, I, I don't care about the age. If I can get 10 years of quality, I would absolutely jump on that. So I like Harbaugh. Um, my first choice though, would still be Ben Johnson, Detroit lions and have him get a coach and build for the, for the long haul and see those guys come up together, try and replicate what happened in, you know, it, it had never happened before where a team had won the division and um, made the playoffs or with a run the division with a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback. But the thing that was interesting this year, uh, they did it with Gardner Minshew, not with Anthony Richardson. I was about to say it was guaranteed to happen this year because of Shane Steichen at the Colts and Houston with the Texans, but they didn't do it with Anthony Richardson because he was out. Um, but this, this roster is good enough. I think this roster is in better shape than the Houston Texans was, at least perspective-wise, coming into the season. It's just so hard because you, the CJ Stroud aspect, right? If, but you didn't, you know, you didn't know CJ Stroud became a dude. But if you're looking other than quarterback, because we didn't expect CJ Stroud to be this, I expected the Texans to be drafting in the top five again based on their roster. Yeah. So this roster, I, I I believe one through fifty-three is better than what the Texans were at the beginning of the season. You can I, come in and make an impact with a young coach and to have a quarterback to build around and not just be on the cycle because there's always that buffer period. You don't just come in and get a bridge quarterback who succeeds for two or three years and then replace him with your franchise guy. There's always that that up and down cycle. So Anthony, I'd I'd rather go um I'd be happy with Harbaugh because I think you can get some longevity out of it. But more important for me is I want the quarterback. I want them to get the quarterback. That almost means more to me than who they get at coach right now. The problem I have with Belichick is I think it ties into the quarterback. You can't go rookie quarterback and Bill Belichick. You can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, everything comes back to the quarterback for you guys. Luckily you do have a pretty good infrastructure in place and you are picking pretty high that, I think you'd have a chance at a quarterback. I'm thinking, Scott, the more I went back in, in I think it was probably 3 a.m. last night trying to you know soothe a uh, upset baby and watch, you know, put on Jaden Daniels. And I think he's a good quarterback, but I just don't understand the Jaden Daniels over Drake May stuff. I think Daniels is going to be a little bit closer uh, to the range of the Falcons, maybe not even have to trade up for him. We'll see how that plays out if that comes to fruition. Uh, but that's one that you, I think you do have a shot at Jaden Daniels. And I saw that in, uh, Dane Brugler's mock draft as well. He did have you guys going Daniels. And I think if Daniels was a consensus, you know, battling for one of those top two or three, he'd have been mocked there. So the fact that he didn't go there makes me think that while he's thought highly in NFL circles, it's not this out of reach level of conversation that I think is probably very much the case with Caleb Williams and Drake may. Yeah. And JB 1521 says, if we get slow or Johnson, I'm all for trading up for a quarterback. Um, I agree. And then Austin says, uh, Austin, um, I just, if it was me, I'd go all in on Caleb Williams. Guy's going to be a playmaker in the league. What's it going to cost to get to number one? Might be out of reach. I think the top three picks might be out of reach. Yep. The only thing I see, it's the, I don't see a trade in there, dude. I, I, I think Chicago, I think they stick with their picks and they all three take quarterbacks. We'll see what happens to the Patriots. Uh, again, it sounds like there's more and uh, more of a possibility that they don't take a quarterback there. If Drake may doesn't fall then uh, they would take um, Jaden Daniels. So we will see how it plays out. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is an unbelievable player at probably the third most 
impactful position on the football field. So might end up just sitting there and taking him, but we'll be, we'll be fun uh, to follow. And we got a lot, long time to go, but uh, I remember it was the, I was beside myself picking fifth overall in the 2018 draft thinking quarterbacks were for sure going to go one, two, three back in, you know, February and uh, just didn't work out that way, but things have changed a little bit. Maybe it will now with the value of those, uh, the contracts and whatnot, but I think there's, there's more possibility Daniels falls to within a, reachable uh range i think gonna be pretty damn hard to next to impossible to get up to one uh and washington at two with uh probably williams in may chris Tyler asks, <clears throat> why is nobody pondering a trade with washington since they have sam howell and jacoby Brissett? jacoby Brissett's a free agent for one um should be trying to get one of the three and Jaden daniels or worst case scenario bo nix um sam howell isn't a guy that would be safe from a top two or three pick in this class. Um, they are all in on quarterback. They, they benched him at the end of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Subbed him in and out. <clears throat> Former fifth-round pick, undersized. Um, gunslinger mentality, but I, I think he's he's not who they're going to try and build around with a new coach, a new general manager. Um, and then uh, worst-case scenario, Bo Nix. If you can't get one of the three guys, then I don't want a quarterback at eight. Um, I might change my mind when we get down to senior bowl, but right now I would be hell bent against Michael Penix or Bo Nix or JD McCarthy at eight. I'd rather see one of those guys slip into the second and then maybe take a shot, um, on that note. But I think, uh, I think one, two, three are, are the quarterbacks. And I think it's going to be really, really hard to get out of, get one of those guys out of that spot, which means Justin Fields is available. Yeah, he should be available and we'll see what it costs to get him. Uh, I'm really curious to see also, Scott, you know, mentioned the senior bowl. I saw Jim Nagy just tweeted out this morning, um, debating if they should put, uh, Daniels and Knicks on the same team or opposite teams. I pray to God he puts them on the same team. I know in the senior bowl, it'd be fun. The game itself, it'd be fun to see them go back and forth, but where's the value? It's in the practices. Let me see those guys throw back to back with the same weapons, with the same offensive line against the same, uh, defensive guys, just to get a better, uh, a better idea because you don't want to go in and one team has just a much better wide receiver group or worse cornerback group and let them cook. So hopefully Nagy will listen to the people and put them side by side. Nobody really cares about the game. You want to know how listeners, Scott, you already know, but you want to know how much people care about the actual senior bowl game. The last practice, a lot of those guys, the personnel people are already out of there. It's more of an event for the television and the fans that show up and the players rather than it is an evaluation. Event. I leave, I leave Thursday after practice. Yep. They uh, Fridays are walkthroughs. Saturdays a game. I go down for I go down Monday night. I go Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for the three practices, and I'm not yep. alone. Yep. Um, the game it's it's all about the the practices and being in a controlled environment. Speaking of controlled environment, we're gonna get out of here, y'all. We got a bunch of a bunch of eyeballs on us right now. I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for being here. Uh, I want to drop in case you want to listen after the fact, or if you've got a friend you want to uh, send it along to. I've got the iTunes link to our podcast. And I've got the Spotify link to our podcast in the chats right now. So um, if you want to, if you want to uh, send those out or subscribe so you can listen later, if you happen to miss us live, that would be awesome. So thank you very much. A great time. Um, great chat today, y'all. It's there's, there's good things happening in Atlanta. Yes. The roster is good. I know they are drafting eight and I saw the comment. Maybe the roster isn't that good. No, there's, there's a reason why you're getting a new coach. And you need a new quarterback. The overall roster is still pretty damn good. So there can be a quick turnaround here. If it, if something changes, make sure you're hitting those alert buttons. Make sure you're hitting the, the subscribe because if something changes and they hire a coach before we're back on Monday, we'll go live. We'll go live right away. We'll get a gut reaction on that. So make sure you've got your alerts coming. Otherwise, I will be back on Friday to tar start talking some playoffs uh, as we look forward to this. And then Nick and I will be here Thursday. You can check most of the, you can check uh, youtube.com slash mile high huddle or youtube.com slash or my Scott Kennedy sports Facebook page. That's what I'm trying to spit out for mile high huddle. Uh, Nick, go get some rest. I have coffee's in now, so I might actually get some chores done uh, while hopefully the wife and uh, the baby are sleeping, but appreciate it. It will be a lot of fun. I'm going to have a lot of chance to talk about uh, draft picks and whatnot. Right now, the Falcons, you guys are hopefully, I think where you're sitting right now, if it's not quarterback, probably wide receiver. We'll see what happens with the edge spot. Uh, I think it's Dallas Turner or nobody as far as qualifying uh, edge rushers, and I know that 
there's been some hype. I feel pretty validated here. Not to, you know, I know you said just go get some rest just now, but um, when I watched Atlanta this year, I know all the hype came in with uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry and I'm seeing the other cornerback on the field. Like, listen, I think this other cornerback's probably better uh, than Kool-Aid. And now we have Dane Brugler having Terry on Arnold, the name here, the other cornerback there in Alabama uh, going the first cornerback uh, taken off the board. And then you have uh, Daniel Jeremiah, who's obviously well-known in the uh, draft circles and the NFL circles, saying Terry and Ar Arnold is uh, the best cornerback in football and prob probably a top 10 pick. Um, so keep an eye out for Terry and Arnold. I know Kool-Aid McKinstry came in with the hype, number one cornerback pro uh, recruits. Obviously the name, Rock's number one. I mean, he's, he's flashy, no doubt. But uh, Terry and Arnold is the one that flashes to me in terms of the play style and the physicality and just the, the demeanor. Uh, so I wouldn't, I'm probably not pro cornerback for Atlanta at eight. I'd rather get the edge rusher, but um, he's one that may be worth keeping an eye on uh, going forward. Yeah. And I think the Falcons should be able to get a position of value and a good player instead of going running back tight end where they've gotten good players, but not necessarily position of value. Um, in the draft, we'll we'll start hitting on draft here soon. We got to get this coaching thing out from under us. Yeah. Senior Bowl is coming right up. I'll be down there for two weeks for uh, for the whole time and pumping out videos constantly. The first two I'm going to do are Michael Penix and probably Bo Nix. <laughs> the first two I'll do. Uh, I want to really say excited. thank you to our super chat superstars, Mike Schrader, Mark Schrader coming in, Mike Harvey, Edward Brown, Keith Johnson, John Harrell, Rusty, Jacqueline, and Michael. Thank you so much, everybody, for the support. Nick, you got any last words? You look like you want to say something. Otherwise, I'm going to say, see y'all later. Really excited for the offseason and the Senior Bowl stuff. This is where we get to flex our legs a little bit, and uh, especially with the team building stuff. That's what Scott and I really like to do. A lot of the uh, the fun, uh, just you know, theoretical stuff. We are prognosticating. Of course, we're going to get things wrong, but uh, it's really fun to talk about the evaluation and just how these guys kind of fit. Uh, I don't want to pat myself on the back too hard, uh, but last year, the uh, I don't think I'll do it again, but we'll see. Last year, the... Uh, pre-day two pick for the Falcons. I'm like, okay, yeah, Matthew Bergeron, and then maybe Zach Harrison. I still can't believe it. I should have, you know, that, that should I should have just retired after that one. Uh, yeah, um, called call my shot. Yeah, but we'll see what happens this year. Falcons with four top 100 picks, date overall, you're already in a pretty good spot in a relatively weak division. Uh, this is a good spot, and we'll see who the quarter, uh, the coach is that's going to influence a lot of uh, the direction of this team. That's why Falcons fans were so frustrated. They know that this was a missed opportunity, so hopefully they get the right coach, upgrade the quarterback play, and and take a shot next year too. So on that note, we're going to get out of here. Uh, I will be back on Friday on these channels. If you want to check it out, I'll talk some playoffs. Otherwise, we'll be back on Monday. Unless something happens, like I said, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you get an alert uh, so we because we'll have a gut reaction if they hire a coach here before we're back on Monday. Otherwise, thanks for being here, y'all, and have a great rest of your week. Peace.